Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us again today. This is Aspire Higher Health and Fitness with our newest podcast. This is VJ Prasad and with our wonderful and beautiful special guest, Dan Patton from Seven Movements. Yeah, I called you beautiful. Thanks, VJ. <laughs> we'll start today really positive. And <laughs> Not many people call me beautiful. That's awesome. <laughs> like I said, we well, folks, we had a we actually had a very good conversation prior to this. So our energy and our our juices are flowing as it were right now. So we're probably going to come at you a little bit more more powerful with what we're talking about on this one. But uh, we're going to get right into it because uh, actually it's a very good topic, especially in this day and age, especially in the day of. Instagram filters and filters in general and just filter, filter, filter and modifications and plastic surgeries, all that garbage that's going on right now. So let's get right into the fact that society is facing a very, very big uphill battle, I would say on this one. So when I say an uphill battle, how do you beat the image of the unattainable physique, for example? Right, you're seeing, you're being bombarded with it left, right, and center. People on the cover of magazines who, first of all, don't look like that generally. But aside from the fact that on the magazine they're being photoshopped, body modification. You're hearing about people getting ass implants. You're getting people that are getting ab implants. You're getting people who are taking, you know, these special dietary teas and all all this stuff that's happening. Right, so it's it's it's. It's an uphill battle because how does one, from that that mental perspective, look at this all the time, want that because they're seeing this is what people are supposed to want, and then be okay with themselves? They're not. <laughs> that's why these that's why these industries are making so much money because for the most part, most people are not okay with themselves. Well, it's playing on insecurity. Yeah, like, exactly. They're, they're intentionally and, doing so. Yeah, and people will spend their money on these products that the celebrities that are endorsing them know they don't work. They're only doing it for the paycheck, but they'll peddle it to whoever in order to make that money. And yeah, they think that if they drink the detox tea, they're going to look like a Kardashian. And the truth is, no, you're not. You're not going to get anything out of it other than diarrhea. (laughs) Well, I mean, really, you look at a lot of this stuff too. The fact that celebrities are peddling right they're using a celebrity name celebrity image to peddle any product i mean let's be honest because i'm absolutely 1000 percent certain jennifer aniston you you listen to my podcast i know this but do you really use a vino i'm pretty sure jennifer aniston does not use a vino probably not but yeah that's that's the point like they don't use it but people won't stop and think about that and we we live in a society where everything you see online is the highlight reel Yeah, Yeah, nobody posts the shitty days or the unfiltered pictures or anything like that. So like there are I will I will say there are a few um, publications out there that I have a lot of respect for because they refuse to retouch the photos that they're Mm. using. So and like stores like um, Aerie, I believe. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Correct me if I'm wrong, people. But none of their models none of their catalogs nothing like that like they don't do any retouching to the photos and they use all different shapes and sizes so that part like i think we're gaining some ground in some places but it's slow it's slow to take off so who would we say is the one to who set the precedent 
right? You know, so I mean, who said it to begin with? Now, do we blame the fitness field? Well, no. You, uh, in my opinion, part of the well, a lot of the blame I've talked about this before on the podcast falls at the hands of the consumer. Mm. Who their their are, own education? You mean, right? It's it it is an education piece. It's I know it's a it's a marketing play. Um, it's interesting because I was thinking about this after our last conversation with when we were talking about Instagram, right? Yeah. And we are talking about um, almost everybody who talks about Instagram will preface it. When they're going to say something negative about it, they'll preface it with it. Well, it does some good, right? There's some good ways you can use Instagram. And I started thinking about from a health perspective, what's a good way you could use Instagram? I'm really, really struggling to come up with a... Well, you, you could put a border on the videos. <laughs> <laughs> right the border will make it aesthetically appealing <laughs> right so like it's it's so image focused that it it goes to what everything you guys were just talking about as far as um is pulling out this idea of either the perfect body or the perfect life and people thinking that that is real life for for others when it's not <laughs> It's not. And now when you look at the whole concept, like I was saying, people are actually, when I, when I was saying ass implants, that's not a joke. People are actually getting ass implants. People are actually getting ab implants, calf implants, all these implants into their body to create this ideal body type. But then that's not even real on them. So they're, they're living in a fantasy world because they don't actually look like that. But now they're the ones that are being used as the, the model image. I just, just air quoting folks, just so you know. <laughs> like three times in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> I'm, an air quote, I'm an air quote machine today. Um, but no, like it's, you know, they're, they're creating this, this unrealistic image in themselves, right? Because they're using these implants. And now they're saying, look at me, I'm the ideal. It's like, but you're not because you're not real either. Right. And that's, that's the weird thing is that we have this, um, this incredibly unhealthy behavior, whether it be getting implants or just striving for this perfection or perfect life on, on your social media account, an incredibly unhealthy behavior that then leads to be, leads to people becoming influencers. Influencer. Down is just air quoting folks. He was (laughs) air quotes everywhere. in the health and wellness space yeah so the way they're they're getting there is through incredibly unhealthy behaviors and then they become the models um for their clients or people who are looking up to them for health and wellness advice and inspiration etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's just a, a vicious circle because the, the people feed the people who are then trying to create a more and more perfect image of themselves so then the people will love them more and more and the cycle continues. And I feel like we are in a cycle of, essentially a cycle of self-destruction. Now, the reason why I say that is because now you have the trainer who's setting this precedent of the ideal perfect body, which he himself or she herself may not be doing the best means to show that for everyone else. But now they're creating this image that their client is like, well, I want to look like that. And now in a way, it's almost as though the very, the very people who are supposed to be leading the health industry are the ones who are destroying it. Because they're Absolutely. using, right? They're using these implants. They're using these, I don't want to say nefarious because that's taking things way more dramatic than need be, but it's a decent word. But using these other methods to perpetuate this ideal that they themselves are not. And 
a lot of these people, just to be clear, a lot of these people look really good before this is happening, before they were getting into body modifications. They look great, but they needed more, you know? And well, that's, then, yeah, that's what I'm saying is they're, they're emotionally and mentally unwell. That's very unhealthy mental, yeah. Um, now, there, don't get me wrong. I think there's some people where there's other circumstances that may be driving certain decisions to uh, do body modification. That's mm-hmm. their choice. And if it's coming from a good place, I know some people who've done certain things. And, uh, and it's been a positive uh, in their life and in their health. But in general, uh, there's some weird stuff going on out there, right? And I would absolutely 100% agree that yes, there are certain things with body modification that it's coming, it's exactly what you just said. If it's coming from a good place, yes, I agree. But the, and I'm going to air quote again, the influencers, I'm not going to say all, but I'm going to say a good portion, that's not coming from a good place. That's coming from uh, an ego-driven place. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm saying I'm, I'm struggling to find out how people right now are benefiting from a health and wellness perspective in any way from, yeah. from specifically Instagram because mainly it's so image driven because it's just images on a screen that you're, you're flicking through. So um, that becomes uh, a bit of a conundrum because it's super popular uh, place to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us with fitness businesses, we're told constantly we need to be there because uh, that's where the audience is in order to attract customers. Yeah. Um, and the frustrating part of a lot of it is it, as a health and wellness practitioner, if you don't want to buy into the fakery of, of some of this stuff, uh, it makes it harder to sell your product. I mean, I, I could strap some bikini clad women in, in, some photos of of our take seven program i guarantee i'll get more traffic to my site yeah um but we don't want to do that because we don't want to gain uh we don't want people come to to a health and wellness platform uh from a place that doesn't promote health and wellness yes right and that's and i believe that is one of those things where we as as a society we're very visually driven And that's why things like Instagram are so huge because it's a visual. People are seeing pictures, but the, and they're getting that instant gratification from the increase in followers, even though there's those followers don't mean shit really. Right. So, I mean, a good example is, um, even with my industry in in modeling, right. I've had agents tell me unless your follower number is at a certain amount and that certain amount being 10,000 followers or more. So I'm only at like 2,400 or something like that, but they are, um, they're like, they say 10,000 followers. They don't even look at your account, but the thing right, is they're trying to leverage your audience. They're, but that's the thing is the audience of that 10,000, they don't give a shit. Most of them aren't even real people. Some of them are like robots or pre, you know what I mean? So, right. but the thing is they don't care what makes the numbers. They just want to see that number be at 10,000 or more. So we, it's a very superficial society we're now in. So, right. so what, it, do you, what do you do about it? What do you do when that's what everybody does? So if if you as a trainer want to say, okay, I'm going to do this the right way, but you have to compete against all the other trainers who are like, well, this is the way everybody else is doing it, so I'm going to do it this way. How does that trainer who wants to do it the right way now bring things back? Right. 
You know, there's, there, that's what I mean by that. That's the, up, the uphill obstacle that we're facing here. It's taking it back to the, this is going to sound funny because I'm going to, I'm going to date myself here, but remember the old seven up commercial or Sprite commercials with Andre Agassi images, everything. No, I don't remember that at all. No, I, I, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, this is back when Andre Agassi had his long flowing hair, you, you know. I remember those days. He was married <laughs> to Brooke Shields, but I don't remember the commercial. But that was the slogan was image is everything. Well, we actually are in a day and age right now where apparently image is everything. Yeah, well, and that's where I'm getting at. It, it, it is with certain platforms, certainly. So that's, that's why I'm asking the question of of what benefits do you actually are, are gaining from being on some of these platforms right now? Mm-hmm. Like I say, from a health and wellness perspective, I think we talked about this before. Like I've been teaching my clients lately is, uh, especially with social media and Instagram is we need to put that in the entertainment bucket and remove it. Like do not get your information yeah, or education. Yeah, yeah. Even if there are good, there are good players on there and there's people trying to give really great advice on Instagram, but there's so much bullshit that it's just better to (laughs) not get your information. Yeah, so don't even bother. And if you're going to be on there, like treat it as entertainment, like flipping through a, you know, a Cosmo magazine or or a men's health magazine where usually when we're looking through those things, we know most of the stuff in there is kind of funny and it's, it's for for entertainment sakes and not necessarily for health and wellness benefits. Yeah. Uh, so put it in that bucket and just leave it there and stop getting advice. Stop clicking on sponsored ads for detox teas and isogenics powders and God knows what else that are, are being advertised on these platforms and and just move away from getting your education from that space because it's, it's useless. It'd be like getting your news from the National Enquirer. Yeah. And, and, and that was part of that the last uh, last podcast we did, where we're talking about social media as a news source. It is just not a good place to get news because it's open to anyone, whether they verify their information, whether they fact check or not. The fact is, anybody can say anything. I could go on there today and say next week the sky is going to be purple. Guaranteed, at least one person is going to believe it. Right. Right. So. That's why those are not good platforms, especially because things like Facebook and Instagram are now more of an advertisement platform, right? Yeah, so, they're, they're, a mag, they're the magazine of today. And yeah. Unfortunately, they've turned into really crappy versions of those magazines uh, and kind of, because everyone can be a contributor now, everyone can publish. And anyone so, can be an expert. And so it gets really, really weird and, and interesting in those spaces um, which is why like, in, in my opinion now I tell my clients just be on Instagram fine like enjoy the beautiful images and following people's adventures and and that stuff's really fun to do I've, I'm on Instagram I follow all kinds of stuff and but put it in that celebrity bucket like you're yeah. watching TV do not go there to be educated on your health and wellness because you're not going to find it there you're going to spend a lot of money on a bunch of crap but you're not going to find uh, wellness there and the other well that's it's in many cases and this is part of today's topic as well just the fact that aside from the fact that it's creating this unrealistic ideal 
Now let's look at the negative side of this, aside from the fact that it's an unrealistic ideal, the fact is it's going to have a very big mental impact on people, especially when they're like, no matter how, how many times have we heard, no matter how hard I work, I can't get there. Right? Right. How, of course, that's going to affect you. That's going to affect your psyche no matter what. If you work so hard and you're still not looking like these these images that you're seeing that you're being bombarded with, it's going to crush your spirit a little bit. And the problem with that is they're chasing something that even that person in that image that they're chasing, that person doesn't exist. So yeah. they're trying to attain something that isn't real and then they're being broken by it because they can't get there. You know, like... How do we combat the the mental aspect, that that breaking point? And this is a big thing. Excuse me, I'm choking over here in my voice here, but this is a lot of people are actually going through it where they're getting depressed because they can't do it. Well, I think this goes back to, um, Dan brought this up on one of the other podcasts. One of the things we need to ask these people when that's what they're trying to it. Why do they want to look like that in the first place? It's the why behind the why. Yeah. Because clearly they're unhappy with something about themselves that they want to look like somebody else to begin with. Like there's no, there's no striving to be the best version of them. They're trying to do this for somebody else. They want to be someone else completely, or they want to do it for somebody else. They want to do it to have the cool Instagram profile or the, you know, you're doing it, the revenge body because you got dumped or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Like that's where we have to get back to the, why are they doing this in the first place? It's going to sound funny, but it's probably safe to say that the revenge body workouts, that the revenge body is probably created more six packs in history. (laughs) (laughs) honestly right like that's i think of all of all motivators now there's a difference between motivation and inspiration inspiration generally comes from a very positive place motivation comes from something kicking you in the ass not always but sometimes i would say majority of the time that's motivation comes from something more of a not from a not necessarily always from a good place You'll never find something inspiring you from negativity, right? Inspiration comes from something more positive. Motivation can be other. I won't say all negative, but other. But um, in that case, though, like that's the people wanting to look better to make their ex jealous. Well, that's created a lot of good bodies on people. And it has. Yeah, this is where you get... um you know, mentally unhealthy fit people. There's mentally unhealthy, yes. Yeah, well, that's yeah. what I was going to say, because if you're just doing it to get revenge on your ex, that's great. You get into the best shape of your life, but then does that mean the minute you get into another relationship that you forget about that? Well, you know what that reminds me of? And Dan, you must have had this, over the years, you must have had this at least a few times, not even and once. you get the brides that want to get into the wedding dress. Exactly. exactly. The bride is like, I've got... Two months to get into this wedding dress. Well, why do you have two months? Because once you get into the wedding dress and you get married, are you just going to let it all go afterwards? Like, so you're not doing it from a... So that's my example. But she's not inspired to get into her wedding dress. She's motivated to get into her wedding dress. Oh, okay. I see. I see get where you're going with that. I think it makes it, it makes sense. It's... Um... Because it, she's it's, motivated it's interesting. nice pictures and looking good in a dress. Which isn't coming from day. a... That's not a positive place, right? Right. Right. Right, and like 
we know this because we've all worked with these people yep. is it doesn't it doesn't last no usually usually these aren't uh, if you have an unhealthy motivator like that uh, usually doesn't doesn't last because something else will come along and and change it whether you like say tracy you get into a new relationship so okay now i don't need to take care of myself anymore or i don't care about how i look anymore i don't know but just things change so if if we're not coming at it from a from a healthy place to begin with or if it's rooted in that idea of you know there's something wrong with me i need to fix it it's it's generally going to fail in the long term yeah it's not going to stick because you're not it's it's like they say like basically it comes down to the i'll be happy when Mm -hmm. i'll be happy when i'm skinny i'll be happy when i'm in a relationship isn't that a brene brown thing i'll be i'll be a happy when um no not necessarily i've heard it i'm sure she said it Mm. you hear it from a lot of different people but that's a motivator that people think happiness comes from these certain things but i think oprah was the biggest one that said it for me she's like if you're not happy with what you have now you'll never be happy with more right so that's where people are coming at it from a lot of times i'll be happy when i have that perfect body well no you probably won't because then there'll be something else that's bugging you so you have to unfortunately you have to do the hard work and and figure out and maintain the hard work along the way no but i mean the hard work in the mental sense oh yeah to figure out what what's driving you and why and maybe maybe fix that first and again like we were just saying before so we are in a softer society now we're in a softer culture now people don't have as thick of a skin so they're for lack of better words they're broken way easier than they used to be and I think so very much so I mean you're looking at the whole you know the I need a safe place for my feelings and all this kind of stuff this didn't exist how many years ago and also looking at the fact that if you compare today's bombardment of the perfect ideal body from back then to now that's even changed right right again that's because of things like body modification and whatnot so if we live in a softer society where people are much more easily mentally broken and now you're giving them an even harder unrealistic goal to reach like to me that sounds like a recipe for a very big disaster well it, it is and it's we we see it all the time and it's it's why as coaches i think we need to get to a place where we start coaching our clients to come at, from it from a place of the your the perfect body is the one you have now and you need to love what you have now because your body's allowing you to do a lot of stuff, whether it's, you know, short, fat, tall, skinny, whatever. And if you want to get healthy, um, all of these other things become a consequence of being healthy. So your ideal body weight will become a consequence of you getting healthier. And maybe it's going to fluctuate a little bit. Like we, we need to get over this whole um, idea of, of perfection and and wanting to be uh, look like other people like mm-hmm. we we're talking about um, and as coaches I think we've got a responsibility to help our clients get to that space which is it's it's not easy to do with people because they're coming to us sometimes with these these motivators like you say that are unhealthy and they want us to coach them into this this 
perfect body that they have in their head and uh and i mean there's plenty of uh what would we call them unruly trainers out there who will gladly take money right knowing knowing full well that they will not get that person to what they're they're stating that they want um the big thing to clarify everyone for you out there and please email us with your questions and comments about this because this is a big conversation. So again, that's info at aspirehigherfitness.com. And Dan, what again is your email? So if people have questions for you, how would they reach you as well? Yeah, it's just dan at sevenmovements.com. That's dan at sevenmovements.com. So you can email any one of us about this. But again, to be clear, aesthetics is not health. Aesthetics is not fitness aesthetics is simply a look right so you can aesthetically look like a fitness model and be in absolutely horrible shape and condition you can look like a jacked huge monster of muscle and you could be weaker than a puppy right so image does not correlate to your actual health or fitness so we have to break the stigma of the look equals the ability because that is not the case i mean a good example how many times you see things like marathon runners for example they're not they don't look like these tremendous fitness athletes necessarily some extremely skinny some actually look overweight yet they can run 30 kilometers like it's nothing Right. So the look doesn't match the ability. Right. So but people think, no, Mr. Olympia, that's that's the perfect ideal image. Well, no, it's not. And also, like we were saying before, I can't remember which podcast, but when you look at the guys who are competing on stage in bodybuilding competitions, they physically look like these monsters of muscle, but they're actually in their weakest possible condition because they're starved and they're dehydrated. And some of them actually pass out on stage because their bodies can't support themselves because they can't get enough oxygen anymore, all because they're trying to look like Mr. The Olympia. Epitome of health. The epitome of health. Yeah. People look at bodybuilders as the epitome of health when they actually have one of the most unhealthy lifestyles. So again, aesthetics is not health. Aesthetics is not fitness. They are not the same thing. On that note, though, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Go ahead and grab that power pee or power poo, and we will be right back. Welcome back, folks. So we were just talking about how how the impact of media and the, the bombardment of that, again, air quoting, but the uh, ideal body type or body image, how it affects people nowadays. Now, we, we've gone into a lot about the negative aspects, about what it's doing to society as a whole. But now, aside from just shitting on it, what can we do? How do we turn it? How do we turn the corner and be like, you know what? Right now, I'm good enough. Regardless if I look like Mr. Olympia, regardless if I look like Chris Hemsworth, or if I look like George Clooney, or you know, if regardless of who you're picking as your Chris Evans or whatever you want to look at. But the thing is, what can we do to make people understand, ourselves included, that right now we're good enough? What's the next step? Because this is not going to go away just by saying, I hope it does. Right. So I would say, going back to the very first podcast that we we did together, we talked about setting our environment up for success. Yes, yes, yeah. I, I, think we, I think we can do that a little bit in this space as well. And 
um, at risk of using a, a fatty sort of buzzword is is we need to start setting up our environment for success and being very mindful about it. And um, sometimes I don't like that word, but in this case I do because uh, mindful. What being mindful, All right? Uh, you know uh, the mindfulness movement, and I think what we can do is allow ourselves to try and step back and recognize when we're having moments of shame or moments of envy or uh, getting put into a state uh, where we're feeling like we're not enough. Um, we can do this through journaling or just stepping back a little bit and recognizing these thoughts when we come up. So that's about setting the environment up for success. And that's not about Instagram because I shit on it pretty good earlier. <laughs> um, I think what we can do is one, if we're flipping through Instagram and you're starting to get feelings of envy or why can't I be like this person? Why can't I have this life? We need to shut it off. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. The second thing, obviously, that we can do is be on Instagram and follow people who inspire us in a positive way, like you were mentioning. I like um, things like um, like Les, uh, Les Brown is one of my favorites, which, you know, like... Yeah, and I mean, it'll all be and... individual to whoever you are, but yeah. it, find people who are inspiring you and actually lifting you up and making you feel good about yourself. Yeah. Um, not the ones where you're, you know feeling bad about yourself because you're you're watching them so that's something i think we could do on on instagram um and then one thing i do get i i do with my clients quite often is i'll get them to uh be mindful of and write down any shaming statements they're making about themselves okay yeah i've done that before too and it's pretty eye-opening for certain folks who have a habit of of being really hard on themselves and those statements usually are along the lines of I am this or I I am fat, I am ugly, I am stupid. Yeah. Uh, I uh, Oh, I wish I could be this. I wish, I wish, I wish. Um, generally, these are all shaming statements. If we can get, start writing them down, uh, we can start identifying, one, the quantity of, of the amount uh, of times we're doing this in a day to ourselves. Uh, and I like to talk about, you know, if you had a friend who followed you around all day and 120 times a day made these types of statements, then you you probably wouldn't want that friend around you very much. Um, yeah, we do it to ourselves all the day, all day long, every day. Yeah. Uh, so that's one really good way to recognize the quantity of the times we're doing it. And then if if we we even kind of dive into it even more, we can start identifying when this is happening. So let's pick on some other than Instagram. So when I watch this TV show after it, I actually feel bad about myself and I'll say something like, Oh, I wish I, why can't I have a life like these people? Um, I'm thinking of like reality shows and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so if we're starting to recognize that all these shame statements are coming after these certain activities uh, and we can narrow that down, we can start, you know, getting rid of those and taking them out of our environment because they're not serving us in any way whatsoever. And another thought is something which I'm, I'm quite certain most people do not do, but just the fact of 
thinking about taking it to a more personal level with uh, with how we think about ourselves, kind of like the, I guess, the opposite way of what you're ta- uh, saying with the shame, shame journal writing, right? Just when you write down, when you say something negative. Well, what about thinking about one of those times in your life when you were just happy, right? One of those times, because everybody's got those two, where they're like, you know what? There was a day where everything was perfect. I loved my people around me. I loved myself. Everything was good. I was happy. Think about the surrounding environment. What was it about that day that made you happy? And in that day, did you wish you were somebody else? Right. In that moment, no, you didn't wish you were somebody else. What does that mean? It means you actually do believe you're good enough. It's just other things trigger you to think you're not. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's that's where I'm getting at is let's identify what those triggers are and actually try and take some of them out of our environment. If we can't handle you know, putting things into that celebrity entertainment bucket without them making us feel like shit, we need to remove them. Mm-hmm. If we can put them in there and it's just entertainment makes us laugh and maybe we, we, we like looking at the pictures and like I say, I like following like travel bloggers and stuff like that because I like see where they go and uh, where I might want to go next, that kind of thing. But I can, if I can stick that in the, my entertainment bucket and it's not making me feel bad about my own life, great. Like this is this is a good thing. If it does the opposite and makes me feel like shit, I really need to think about not participating in that activity until I'm able to put it in its proper bucket. And it's very true how you say that too, because a lot of people, it, it's again that whole self-destructive behavior, but they perpetually watch things like a. Keeping up with the Kardashians, living that lavish, rich lifestyle, and they have this life where it's just this entertainment value. But they're like, "Why can't I have that?" Well, if it's making you feel bad, why are you watching it? But they yeah. don't stop, right? So what's what is it about that that's making these uh, individuals have this constant need to connect to something that knocks them down? So again, this is going to trace what you were saying, like identifying what it is, so the why behind the why. Why do we want what we want, but also why do we continue to do things knowing that they're bad for us? I think it's also been acceptable for a long time too. Like for the longest time, you would hear people say things like, I am my own biggest critic or I am harder on myself than I am on anybody. And they say that like it's a badge of honor, myself included. Yeah, it's virtuous. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm a perfectionist, like it's good. No, at the end of the day, it's not. It's just giving you an excuse to beat yourself up, you know, and, and really at the end of the day, it's not good for you. You need to start reframing how you think about yourself. Like I was just speaking of Instagram. Um, there's someone that I follow on there and he's not really a motivational speaker or anything. He's a former Marine and like his, his attitude is something that probably a lot of people couldn't keep up with. Like it's, it's a hardcore military type attitude, but he was just saying like what we were just saying earlier that most people need some sort of goal, some sort of finish line in order to motivate them fitting into the dress or, you know, running a marathon. So you have to get into shape for that. And we need to like, and we forget about everything it took to get there. So we're only focused on the finish line and that's why the results don't stick. But it took all of this like self-discipline, self-determination, sacrifice, commitment to get there. So you have it all, all there, 
but you're not focusing on that. You're just focusing on the finish line. You're focusing on the journey, or you're focusing yeah, on the so destination, you're, you're, not the journey. Yeah, you're completely forgetting about the fact that, hey, I put in all this hard work. I have all this commitment, self-determination. Like you're not focusing on all those good things. You're just focusing on the superficial stuff at the end. So it's safe to say too that even if, uh, so I'll not necessarily backtrack or backpedal what I was saying about the the uh, always basing on the end goal and what's your why. But that's the thing is for someone like that, you're right. It, it, we do, we are goal oriented. We always need something to strive toward, but it does focus the fact of why is that your goal? Yeah. Right? So how about we start reframing the whole, like I'm not saying it's bad to have a goal. Goals are great and it gives you something to work towards, but recognize your wins along the way. So be nice to yourself yeah. is what you're saying. Like, yeah, goals about- are not. Oh, sorry, Tracy. No, I was go gonna, ahead. I was just gonna say, like, you're a hundred percent right in the way. Like, goals. If if goals were the cure all, um, everyone would be where they want to be. Everyone I know sets goals. It, yeah. Everyone and their dog has a goal. Um, it's it's the habits and the execution that you build to achieving that goal that's gonna make all the difference. So, right. or is VJ? rightly put it is the the journey not the destination yeah so um the key is how do how do we move people into that space where their goal is like say it's fine to have one it's a north star um keeps you kind of in alignment but the focus shouldn't be on the goal it should be on the process it should be on the habits we're building a in, good, in between. a good example of that too is when you look at things like uh, a fighter's life People see the champion when his hand is in the air. They don't see the losses. They don't see the blood, the sweat, the tears, the hours of gym work. But a fighter's pride comes from his training, not the win. It comes from all the effort, all the blood, sweat, tears, and sacrifice that he put in. And a fighter respects that journey because that is a journey of pain. That is a journey of pain. Right? So you stand tall knowing that even if you didn't get the win, it's a journey of pain that you withstood to be in that platform. Yeah. Right. So it's trying to make people res- respect their own process. And that's right. something and respect, that respect your body and your mind and what it took to get you there. Because, yeah, you're right, because some of these people have given up once they hit the goal. And I think actually, just like we were saying, but I think that they if you give up, what, correct me if I'm wrong. Again, you guys can email me about this, email Dan about this. But um, Dan, Tracy, if either of you disagree with this, let me know. But at the same time, would it be safe to say that if someone set a goal, hit their goal and gave up, like the, the bride trying to get to that wedding dress for the perfect photos, if she gave up after she hit that, would it be safe to say she didn't actually give credit to the work she put in? Would you like to say if she really gave credit to how much effort she put into reaching that ideal body type to fit that dress, she would have kept going. Um, it's, it's funny. I think I agree with what you're saying. Like it's, um, what we see this in fitness all the time. It's such a great example because fitness highlights it so well in that when you have a goal like that and it's easy to jump into some sort of solution to get to that goal as fast as you possibly can without setting up the structure and habits that are going to continue on past that goal. Um, so yeah, it, it's, for example, if you want to lose a bunch of weight really, really fast, um, you can dehydrate your body and, you know, go at a six to 800 calorie, uh, 
diet. Yeah. And yeah, you're gonna you're gonna lose some weight pretty quick and get to whatever your goal weight might be. Um, but the problem is you have not figured out any sort of you have not incorporated any sort of healthy habits or build a structured process in order to continue being healthy past hitting that goal weight. So what do we see all the time? Is all that weight comes back on and more. And more. Yeah. And, and so like it's it's a it's highlighting exactly I think what you were, were trying to say there correct mm-hmm. wrong is that that setting that goal and and uh, is that's not where the magic happens the magic happens in the process building up to achieving that goal well it's we respect the hard work right because if someone works really hard puts in all the effort eats right, trains right, makes all these positive changes, gets their ideal body, then they can look back and be like, I worked really hard for that. I want to give it up now. Whereas if someone takes the quick fix, well, there's no journey. There's no story. There's no narrative to what they did. So it's like, well, it doesn't matter. I'll just I'll just take the quick fix uh, next yeah. time. Well, and the yeah, hard I, part with that is like what Dan was saying. If you take the quick fix, you can't maintain that long term. Yeah. So you're going to, it's going to be setting you back and probably back even further because now you had something, but you couldn't hold on to it. So now you're going to beat yourself up even more because you lost it. When the truth is, is if you would have done the work the right way from the start and try and respect yourself and like yourself, it's probably going to, it's, it is going to stick more because now you're in a, you're coming at it from a different mindset. Kind of trying to put a, uh, anecdotal spin on it, but just to make it easier to digest basically like, would you be happier if you bought a chair or would you be prouder if you built that chair and it was just as good or better? Exactly. Right. Like, yeah, you, the work, yeah. Like the work you put in, it gives you something to be proud of. So if you take that quick fix, yeah, it'll come back worse and with friends because like I always say, because like we're putting on weight and stuff because you, you didn't put in the work. You didn't put in the effort. You didn't enjoy the well, process. Yeah. And you like, there is, there is something to be said. Clearly, if you can stick to an 800 calorie a day diet, there's some self-discipline there because I couldn't do that. <laughs> You're I- starving. <laughs> like it's not, it's not healthy, but clearly those, those people have some mental fortitude. So take that and and celebrate that and and use it in a better way, I guess is what I'm trying to say in a very uneloquent way. <laughs> well, no, I get what you're saying. Like it's being using using those hard moments that you had to put in to do that and apply it in a more positive manner. That's a glasses half full way of looking at it, Tracy. I think that's I like that. Yeah, because you you just took the the negative spin and actually turned it into a positive one there. Yeah, like I can't I cannot imagine doing the Bernstein diet. Like it would be a complete and utter waste of money for me because I would go crazy. I would be I would be divorced because I would be the most miserable person around to be if I was trying to maintain that kind of calorie deficit. But like it. What? takes some serious mental strength to do that. So how about we try and build on that and then get to where you want to be in a more healthy way. And that works with what Dan was saying about using some, like you could use that and like what Dan was saying, setting up your space. Yeah. Right. Because that shows that these people have the ability to do something great 
because they did something very, very extreme and survived it. Well, now use that and apply it to something more long term. Set up your space, have a proper training area, follow a proper regimen where you can actively control what you're doing and feel good about it. Not feel like you're dying, starving, hurting, anything like that, but actively enjoy like i keep saying enjoy i've said the enjoy the process because you don't have to you don't have to want to be bl- a bleeding sweaty gross mess at the end of every workout that's not for everyone some people like to train that way some people do not that's my way of training doesn't mean it's your way of training but if you enjoy your process you'll stick to your process because it works and you feel good about it which is ultimately what we need to do we have to start from the inside and build out if we feel good about who we are on the inside we're not going to implant ass implants well yeah it's just exactly what dad was saying it's what dad was saying earlier like if we learn to celebrate our bodies what we have today and then want to make it the best version of us not the best version of somebody else then it's more likely to stick because you're going to enjoy yourself along the way and celebrate the fact that you did that. And no one can take that away from you. That's the other thing with the whole, the hard work required when it comes to being a healthy and fit individual is the fact that, that be proud of the work you're putting in because it's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would already be doing it. It's, it's work. It's hard. But the thing is, it's work that you can stand up and be proud of and say, I did that. Mm-hmm. Right? If you take... Uh, using again like picking on the fitness industry a little bit because we always do but um you take that person who's living the unhealthy lifestyle but has the body and then they gain an extra inch around their arms do they care they're probably like i should gain two i should gain three they're not happy about that that game now if you take someone who's not necessarily in the best to have maybe overweight we'll use that as an example and they lose two pounds because of all the work they put in they're not like, oh, I only lost two pounds. They're like, it's working. That's what you get mm-hmm. from the positivity of the journey, right? If you enjoy your process, you celebrate your victories. You don't shit on them. Yeah. And I think it's just about switching your mindset and learning to to see it from, from a healthier perspective. Because we've all done it. Like, yeah. I've, I've done it myself. I haven't been boxing that long. I've only fought a couple times. I've yet to win. And at times you're thinking like, okay, why am I doing this? Cause I'm not winning. Maybe I'm not that good at it. But then there was another um, member at the gym that he's- One of our mentors. He's been yeah, an amazing he's in man. His, in his fifties, didn't start boxing until later in life. He lost his first four fights because six. he didn't, or first six fights. Cause he didn't figure out that mental piece either. And he was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you win or you lose. What matters is that you learn something every single time. And to clarify this part too. So this individual that we're speaking of, a great man, like a mentor to us both. Like he's very helpful. He's one of the leaders of our club. Uh, again, older gentleman. In his, no, I shouldn't even say older. He's, just, he's in his 50s is all. But the thing is, so he lost his first six fights, never quit, kept learning and learning. He has a master's title around his waist now. That's to show that it works. And because he enjoyed the training, enjoyed the process, he enjoyed being well, that's, better. That's key. That's you guys have just hit on the key is it's you have to enjoy what you're doing. Exactly. We need, we need to stop promoting the idea that you need to do shit that you hate doing in order to have progress. Because there's a billion different ways to move and exercise out there. Just go find one that you actually enjoy doing. 
Well, yeah, like you were so, saying in the last one, you were saying like, if you don't like biking, don't bike. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Go yeah. find there. You don't need to bike. You yeah. don't need to run. It's it's not it's not absolute. It's uh, like I say, there's so there's so many options out there. Go find something you love doing. You guys have found the boxing arena and fighting is is a is a great outlet that you enjoy doing. Yeah. So not it's everybody good to... likes getting punched in the face, but <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> okay, so let's clarify this. I don't like getting punched in the face. I like fighting. I've been fighting for 32 years now, so that's kind of my thing. But the thing is, I still, after 32 years, do not like getting punched in the face. I do like fighting, though. I don't like getting punched in the face either, but sometimes it's not... I don't like it, but it's not as bad as I thought it would be when before I started. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time, in an actual, in an actual event... You don't feel it that day. It's the next day when you feel like shit. Well, truthfully, when it comes to that game, when you're in the midst of an actual competition fight and your adrenaline's pumping, you're not feeling what's happening. That's why a lot of fighters, when they lose, they lose by like a knockout because they can take the hits more than ever before until they get knocked out. But the one that puts people down that they do feel is the body shots. Yeah. Because no matter how tough you are, if you can't breathe, you can't breathe. Yeah, a good punch to the ribs yep. is way worse than getting punched in the face. That is absolutely, a good shot to the sternum or the ribs will hurt way more than getting punched in the head. Anyways, we digress. <laughs> I digress, yeah. <laughs> Some tips out there. Yeah. <laughs> protect your ribs. If you're going to punch someone, don't hit them in the face. And if you have <laughs> diarrhea, maybe don't fight that day. Everybody went quiet on me there. <laughs> We're all like, why? Why, BJ? Oh, you guys have yet to know the greatness of me when I get into poop talk. I could talk about poop forever. Uh, another topic for another day. <laughs> we'll do a whole podcast on poop one day. It could be done. Yeah, I, won't, I probably won't be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll oh, Jesus, Dan, I was hoping you would uh, fill in for me that day. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all, that's all to you, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, going back to what we were saying, though... Um, if you enjoy the work, you will be proud of the work. You will stick to the goals that you have set. But the moment it becomes something more of a task rather than an enjoyable thing that you're doing for yourself, the moment it becomes a chore and you're not enjoying it, much, much harder. That's why quick fixes don't work. There's no process to enjoy. There's no narrative to your work. There's no story, truthfully. Right, because everybody runs off of an achievement. If you achieve, you're willing to work harder. We like rewards. We that's it's a checks and balances with us, right? Rewards and consequences. If you gain from what you're doing, of course you're going to keep going because it feels good to grow and be better. But quick fixes don't allow for that. Well, and a problem, another problem with the, the idea of the quick fix or or some of these bad things is they they're systematized, so they put every per through the same system and, and spit them out thinking they're going to come up with the same result. Right. And uh, we know, like, no, everyone's individual. Like, say, if everyone has individual activities they enjoy. They have individual ways that they process food. They have individual ways that they react to exercise. So uh, they're coming in with very individual, um, in a very individual space as to where they are at right now with their health and wellness. So it's you can't just expect to put people into some sort of 
weird, you know, system and for them to spit out a result at the end that's going to last at all. It just won't happen. And the fact is, as human beings, we are so complex. There's every single nuance to consider because two people could both be 220 pounds, six feet tall, same athletic ability. Person A is under a very high stress, high extreme job where they hate what they're doing. Person B could be in the very happy place where everything's going wonderfully. Well, that alone will affect how they train. And I don't mean just because the mental aspect, simple things like, well, the stress hormone cortisol makes you maintain and hold body fat because it's, that's what stress does. And when it comes to the midsection of your body and men carry that spare tire area, well, the guy who's under stress is not gonna lose body fat at the same rate as the guy who's not under stress. So every single nuance makes a difference. Therefore, you can't streamline a result because there's no such thing. Yeah, there's so much variability. And that's why all the best coaches that I know, uh, they're great at the science of health, um, but they're also great at the art of coaching. The art of that, it's an art. Yes, that's exactly it is. 100% it is. And I think it's, especially in today's age, it's even more valuable because a lot of the science is is there. Uh, Like a lot of the systematized stuff is is easy now to train people with. It's the the art side of coaching that is, um, to me, it's the most interesting. And to me, the, the best coaches I know are amazing at that piece of it. And that, that alone is a skill of itself. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, yeah. for joining us in this one. We are kind of running out of our time here. But thank you, Dan, for joining us again. Always a pleasure in our week-to-week. And, folks, I should also apologize for last week because I know we, we missed our weekly with Dan last week. And that's because I was, well, not, not overly doing too well myself. So I was a little sick last week. So I apologize for that. Sorry about that. But we are back on track. So, again, thank you, Dan, for joining us today. And we are definitely any questions you have for Dan, any questions you have for us at Aspire Hire or Seven Movements or anything that you want to throw at us, we definitely would love to hear from you. So, again, that's Info to Aspire Hire Fitness uh, for uh, Tracy and myself for Aspire Hire. And with Dan again, that is Dan at Seven Movements. Did I say that right? You got it. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah, we are... We are wrapping up for today. So thank you everyone for joining us today and we will see you on that next one. Take care. Thanks everyone. Bye-bye. Welcome to Aspire Higher Health and Fitness. We are a fitness and lifestyle company that takes a holistic approach to achieve a better you. Aspire Higher Health and Fitness is about overcoming. What does overcoming mean? It means overcoming the obstacles life throws at you. We are here to help you get out of your own way. Bust down those barriers, break through any and all limitations. Follow us each week as we discuss how to level up your life. Thanks for listening to our Aspire Higher Health and Fitness Podcast. If you do want to find us, you can find us on the internet, the internet, the web, www.aspirehigherfitness.com, and you can email us, info at aspirehigherfitness.com. Definitely let us know if you want to try that free trial online boot camp. We are in Mountain Standard Time, and that is going to be run via Facebook. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe so we can continue to help you level up your life. Aspire Higher Health and Fitness, it's about overcoming. 
Hello all, this is VJ Prasad with Aspire Higher Health and Fitness, and I want to know from you what you have to say. If you have any comments or questions, anything that you want clarification on in our podcast, or even if you want to be included somehow, just let us know by sending us a quick email. Our email address is info at aspirehigherfitness.com, and we want to hear from you. Any ideas, any comments, any questions, any concerns, we want to know what you want to know. Take care. Hello, this is Vijay Prasad with Spire Higher Health and Fitness. Did you know that we offer a seven-day free trial for our online boot camps? If you don't know what an online boot camp is, we'll make it very simple for you because all you need to do is have a little bit of space, some dumbbells, and a Wi-Fi connection. We offer online classes daily, Monday to Friday. Monday and Tuesday, they're at noon. Wednesday through Friday, they are at 7, 8, and 9 a.m. Every day is a different workout, and they are live with a small group. All you need to do is get to that computer screen or monitor, and we'll take care of the rest. If you want to try one of our online boot camps and get that fitness goal achieved, especially starting this coming year, then definitely give us a shout. You can email us, info at aspirehighfitness.com. Let's book you in and get things started.